Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so glad you're with us today. Everyone who lives a sufficiently long life is eventually going to see parents die. My mother and I were so close that even as a young adult, I couldn't bear the thought of her ever dying. But by the time she actually did transition, she was 93. She had no activities of daily living, and I didn't even cry. I was so glad for her. She was young again, and as it turns out, she's more spiritually elevated than I thought she was. She's currently having the time of her afterlife traveling in places you and I cannot even imagine. That is my mom. I'm so proud of her. The first thing she said to me when I communicated with her after her death was, you were right about everything, which which was a heck of a validation now that I think about it. But it's very hard to have our parents die. Even if you've spent your life studying what happens and you're pretty sure what happens after death, to see the body in a casket, to see people put into the ground is a terrible experience. Many people don't realize that, in fact, our lives are eternal. Many people think that when they put a a parent into a casket, that parent has ceased to be. They will never see that person again. And for some people, that is one of the most horrible experiences you can imagine. The thought was in my mind as I read the book that was written by our guest today that we have got to help everybody understand the truth because the truth is so glorious and people go through so much pain. Mike Anthony, our guest today, didn't know that his much-beloved father had survived. The death happened at a time and in a way that was totally unexpected. He wasn't even sick. He was just suddenly dead. What did that mean? So the glorious, glorious thing that he then learned, he shares with us in a wonderful book, which is called Love Dad, How My Father Died, and then told me he didn't. Now, I know nearly everybody who dies and leaves people behind that they love sends back what I think of as postcards, signs of their survival. Most people don't know how to look for the signs. They don't recognize them when they see them. And so even though poor Mike was getting signs, he wasn't really sure that that's what was happening. So anyway, his book is wonderful. And I want him to tell you some of the things he did to satisfy himself that dad was still alive. So Mike, welcome. It's so glad to have you with us today. It's exciting to, to have you talk about some amazing things I have not done. I think this is wonderful. Hi, Roberta. It's a thrill to be here. Thanks so much for having me. The first thing people like to do when they're listening is to kind of get to know you a little bit. So can you tell us what it, because you have an interesting career too on top of it all. What do you do (laughs) and and tell us about the day that dad left you? Yeah, I I live a very uh, interesting life. Uh, By by day, I am studying the evidence suggestive of the survival of consciousness beyond death. And uh, by night, I am the bar manager for Hamilton on Broadway, the uh, the Broadway show. Uh, so so that's how I, I, I spend my days, a, a varied sort of existence. But you weren't always studying the afterlife. Suddenly, this is an important topic for you, and you're going to do a documentary on it, right? 
I yeah, I mean the the idea of life after death and the quote unquote paranormal and all of that has always been of interest to me uh, in 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 a back burner sort of a way. You know, I've always I, I've long felt that we are much more than our bodies, um, but at the same time, I, I've also always loved science. You know, and science the the, the mainstream uh, scientific view uh, is unequivocal on this. You know, the, the that's main, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They tell us we're told the materialist paradigm says that when you die, you die, you know, period, end of story. And uh, even though I'd never completely believed that um, when my dad suddenly and shockingly passed, I, I was being crushed by every uh, lecture any biology professor ever gave me because uh, oh, I went to co- I ended yeah. up going to college. I was going to be a science teacher, a high school science teacher. Um, so yeah, when, when my dad out of the blue passed and, you know, we were incredibly close. My dad was just an amazing guy, not your average human being. Um, and, and he was only 60 by the way. And, oh and a, my Lord, that's yes, terrible. Yep. And a young 60, you know, that the day he died, he was playing basketball yeah. with his grandson, um, oh. just as alive as could be. And, um, so, so his death was completely from our perspective out of the blue so um that was that that's what happened to me i I went into a full-blown existential crisis uh thinking that if if science was right and my dad was gone forever as though he'd never been here you know i was thinking then what is the point of anything at all point exactly very very true yes that's that is the first i think reaction people have i mean life sucks then you die is Mm -hmm. is kind of depressing way to look at the world right yeah that, that's no fun I, you know it's like, uh, no. why am i you know i was really starting to think you know what what in the world why do we build skyscrapers and right. and and museums and all of this stuff if all we are is a blip on the universe's radar of infinite time and space uh you know why am i going to leave my apartment this morning and do anything at all if yeah. it's just going to disappear so so that's sort of vanity yeah vanity that's right but but you started to get some signs you just didn't like the the butterfly thing was pretty dramatic you kept getting butterflies but you weren't really sure i mean you know how how could that happen even inside a building you found butterflies you still weren't sure that was happening yeah i mean i now realize that my dad my poor dad uh (laughs) was positively working overtime you know he finally gets to the other side when you're supposed to be in perfect bliss and just relax and enjoy yourself and his family is now begging him for for communication and signs and the poor guy was giving them uh you know day after day he was all of these incredible you didn't even recognize them i felt so bad for him yeah part of the problem i should just tell everyone is in this case he just he was feeling unwell he just sort of lay down for a minute on the floor and he was out of his body and that was it so he 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 sort of left in a way that he knew would be traumatic for them, and it was traumatic for them to find. And so he 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 was trying. He was really trying. But it's important to emphasize the fact that your loved ones will try, but it isn't easy to make mm. these signs work. We we um, my, my book, The Fun of Staying in Touch. Uh, talks about how how they give us some of these signs. And I got some spectacular ones from my mom, but I knew I'd get them anyway. But if you don't know what to look for, like that, those butterflies are classic. Oh, yeah. But yeah. 
if you don't know what to look for. So, so tell us what you did then. You, 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 you decided to investigate all the skeptics because they would for sure help you figure out that there was life after death, right? Not very. Well, what, it, what initially happened is, um, you know, mediumship is something that most people seek out, right? They're, they're grieving, right. and that could be a tool that they use uh, uh, in, the, in the grieving process. But in our case, mediumship just splashed into our lives out of nowhere when yeah. a phone call came into our house uh, from someone claiming that a medium had contacted him to let us know that my father was desperately trying to get messages to us. Oh, bless the man. <laughs> so, so, yeah, yeah, he had found a, a complete stranger, by the way. This medium was not anyone that we'd ever met uh, or that my father had ever met, and, and, and yet he found her somehow out in Arizona, and we live in Connecticut, and, uh, and, and she ended up contacting us to let us know that she was getting messages from this deceased stranger who was just not going to give up until uh, we got the, the message that he was okay. So that was fabulous and very exciting. Um, but again, given my, my scientific bent, um, yeah. you know, I was going to need, I was going to need evidence, you know, before I could completely believe this, of course. So that's when, uh, we start, eventually I ended up testing mediums, uh, yes. by, by making a documentary and sitting them in front of a camera and then walking total strangers into the room and having them do readings, uh, having one particular medium, uh, one, one medium in particular do readings for now over 20 people uh, that I filmed and uh, watching her over and over again, change people's lives and get information in a way that, that um, I could not understand. And that science says is impossible so um, that, that's how the that's how the the journey, how the investigation really began. But these mediums, and, and you, your dad really tried hard. It's very clear. I, I want to stress to people: it isn't easy at first for for people to do this. One of our friends, Mikey Morgan, spends a lot of his eternal time teaching people who have just arrived there how to reach out and how mm. to give signs. And there is your. Your poor dad, he's giving you butterflies, you still don't believe him. And he's, you, you asked him at one point, um, or you, you, you said, okay, dad, say something about hair. Hey, out of hair, out of nowhere. Another time it was socks. <laughs> and he always did it. And still, yeah. not sure. Well, I'm not really sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was giving him specific messages. Before I saw a medium, I would say, dad, I need you to say this very specific thing, yes, or I'm not going to believe this. And he was doing it. He was getting those messages through. I now think that my that this is a skill like anything else. And, and as you said, you have it a is. friend over there who's teaching people. I think my dad happens to be amazingly good at this particular uh, he thing. He became good, I have to say. The I, oh, yeah. I want to make sure we talk about the physical physical mediumship because that's mm. something I've never seen that done. Um, yeah. what, what, what your dad managed to do. So I think it's really quite wonderful. But, but then you went through, so you, you did the mediums and then you decide what, what made you want to talk or to, or learn about the ideas of Randy and Shermer and Pendulette? Why? Well, Why? because I, I'm thinking that again, I'm a guy of average intelligence, right? The, the, the scientists that I had studied my, my whole life, including you know, Einstein, these people are geniuses. Uh, and, and I'm thinking if people with this intellectual heft 
are telling me there's no way that my dad could have survived the death of his brain. Um, I must be missing something. You know, what am I missing? If these super smart people are telling me it can't be true. And so that's why I wanted to uh, investigate what they what they had to say about it. Uh, But then I came to find that most of these skeptics and I won't call them skeptics. I'll I'll call them debunkers. It's something stronger than skepticism. I think that's very smart. You're absolutely right. That's what they are. Um, and so they sort of – they a priori have decided, have, have made a decision that there's no such thing as anything paranormal because uh, for whatever reason they have not experienced it in their own lives. But I quickly came to discover that with no matter how much authority – they tell you there's no such thing as anything paranormal. They have not done the research themselves. They haven't done the no, research. they haven't. Um, <laughs> yeah, and yet they'll stand on a pedestal and, and, and they'll speak with, with, in, in such uh, declarative terms that there is no life after death. There is nothing paranormal. Uh, but when you really look into it, and I, I spoke with them, you know, I ended up meeting these people like a guy named Michael Shermer, who's the yeah. editor of uh, Skeptic Magazine. When I questioned him about some of these things, I was shocked to find out how little he he knew uh, about uh, no, specifically one right. of the topics we were talking about. Right. No, they 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 just. You're right. A priori, it can't happen, and therefore it doesn't happen, and therefore I'm an expert saying it doesn't happen. And in point of fact, any open-minded person who does, as you prove in your book, I, I really enjoyed your book, by the way. I was cheering at the end, hmm. but but anybody who actually does the research is a hundred percent. The chance that you will learn the truth and that the truth will truly set you free, as Jesus said, is 100%. You won't worry about anything ever again in your life because you'll know the truth. Your life is eternal. This is just a little minute out of eternity, this whole life that you have here. And and that's what these people, these awful debunker people are trying to take from you, mm. to keep you from looking further and investigating and learning and knowing the truth. And that's the evil that they promulgate. Yeah. You're right. Absolutely right. There's no stronger way you can say it than that they're debunkers and they do it for their own egos. I do think, yeah, I was just going to say, I think ego is really sort of the driving force uh, behind all of that because some of the evidence is so strong uh, that even journals like JAMA, the Journal of the American Medical Association, which is one of the most uh, respected scientific journals in in the world, uh, certainly America, probably the world, uh, when when JAMA took a look at some of the research being done at the University of Virginia, for instance, uh, the Division of Perceptual Studies, they concluded, uh, the book editor for JAMA concluded that Reincarnation was the most likely explanation for the data gathered at UVA. Um, That's JAMA saying that. Uh, So, so yes, I think you're right that if people can get past their own ego or whatever wall it is that has been built up that does not allow this information to penetrate for some reason, if they can get past it and actually look, uh, there is astounding evidence out there that even the most hardened skeptic would have to say is compelling. Yes. I, I mean, it's the, the chances are 100% plus that there is a life after death. But here is poor Mike who really wants to know, and there is no place he easily can find the answer. 
there needs to be a place where someone like you, Mike, can just go, okay, I want to learn this. I want to see the background. I really want to believe Mm -hmm. it if it's true. But if it's not true, I don't want to have to believe it. Yeah. I mean, that's why I ended up writing the book, because the things that happened to me, and of course, it's a long story, and it's much more than just mediumship. There are things that happened that um, completely upended my sense of reality, like 100% for sure, (laughs) as as you know. Yeah. Um, But the reason I ended up writing the book is because it so changed my life having this information, you know, it completely changes everything. And it actually felt unfair to keep this to myself. I mean, the information should be available for those who seek it. Um, and, and that's why, that's why the book is there. And the information is there for those who seek it. If you go, if you go, you know, you, you might have to go through to some lengths to find some of it. Uh, but it is out there. So you, you ended up then eventually, um, looking into various kinds of mediumship, you began to be very comfortable with, with good uh, spiritual or mental mediums, right? They, they, you, you had some good, you really had some good experiences. You were lucky. I should just tell people that I am a skeptic when it comes to mental mediums. I mean, these people are mind reading with the dead and Mm -hmm. I have all, this is, you know, we all have our character flaws. My character, my biggest character flaw is I just don't believe in mental mediumship. And I've had wonderful, wonderful readings. But that's my flaw. I mean, if you can get past the notion that it's hard to believe they're mind reading with dead people, and there are some very good good mediums um, out, out there, and I just hope that you all find a good one. There are also a lot who are not good and who do cold reading and other things, which... Mm-hmm. Um, you know what my problem was? I, I did a lot of research because I really wanted to find the best, best mediums. And I all and I went to, oh, probably in one year, I went to 20, 30 mediums. Mm. And, and my, my loved ones got sick to death of it. Pardon me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got sick of it. The first one did a wonderful job. But she wasn't necessarily the best one. She certainly wasn't the most expensive one. But by the third or fourth reading within a month and a half, my nobody was showing up except my brother-in-law and he he was being very plucky but but um everybody else didn't bother because what what's wrong with this woman and i didn't realize till years later that was why i had such horrible readings but it scarred me for life actually this was 20 some years ago mm. yeah I, it's definitely true that 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 uh mediumship i think like anything else there's a scale uh from people who are tremendously good at it all the way down to people who are not good at it and and then there are also as you said unfortunately people out there who are outright lying. I mean, that is definitely part of it. Um, And it's why mediumship in general has such a bad name and why it's so hard to get respected scientists to take a look at this. There are a few brave ones out there connected to uh, respected universities and research institutions who are doing this work, um, but not many. And that's because uh, it's very difficult for a scientist of, of any sort of renown or respect to go to their board of directors and say, hey, I want to do a study yes. on mediumship because mediumship uh, has such a dark cloud over it uh, because there has been so much fraud in the, in the past. But talk about Julie Bachel's work. She, I really admire her. I think she's mm-hmm. she's very young and she's just done a wonderful job, and she she does 
quintuple blind study. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah, she, Dr. Uh, Julie Beichel is that she, she runs the Winbridge Research Center uh, in Arizona, which is uh, uh, um, an amazing place. And, and she uh, basically single-handedly uh, got this research underway after working at the University of Arizona for a while. And uh, yeah, Quintuck. Quintuple blind uh, protocols, I I won't get into exactly what that means. The bottom line is they have ruled out during their experiments uh, any any possible way that they could fathom a person could cheat. Uh, So the the people who they work with that call themselves mediums, uh, they never even see the person they're doing the reading for, for instance. There's a proxy sitter and they do it over the phone. So there's no way there could be any cold reading going on or any of the typical tricks uh, that people who do fake this use uh, to create the illusion that they're talking with our deceased loved ones. So with her uh, quintuple blind protocol, uh, you can be sure there's no cheating going on. Whatever information is coming uh, is coming from the medium's own brain in some way. And uh, Dr. Beichel has concluded uh, to her, it's, it's without a doubt, mediumship is a genuine phenomenon. Uh, she calls it uh, uh, anomalous information reception, right, uh, to, you know, to put a scientific spin on it. Uh, and, of course, she can't say for sure 100% that it's dead people that, that is giving this information. It could be, as you mentioned, telepathy, mind reading of, an, of, a, of a living brain in some way. Yes. You know, we don't understand yeah. the mechanisms of all of that. But uh, her, in her experiments, uh, without a doubt, she, she says uh, anomalous information is a real thing. There are people who can gather information using some pathway that science currently says is impossible. And yet it happens. Now, she she has um, tested some mediums. Does she still have them on her website so people can go there and and say, oh, this medium is one that uh, Julie has found actually can do this work? I believe they, they they stopped doing that because it was taking up so so much uh, of their resources to do those tests. However, too bad. <laughs> uh, yes, but there is another wonderful nonprofit organization called the Forever Family Foundation. Okay, they uh, still do it. Okay, good. They, they still do it, and they have a list on their website of certified mediums. So anyone who's on their list, what certified means that the medium has been tested under controlled conditions yes. and uh, been found to have uh, true mediumistic ability. I think it's very important if anyone is thinking of consulting a medium to find one that at least comes well recommended that that has been tested in some way. Um, Because as I say, many, there are many, because it's really pretty easy to fake it. I'm surprised how easy it is. Um, you, You know, if you're older, well, probably it's your, you know, parents who've died. If you're younger, it's your grandparents. Yeah. I mean, it's, and once they and they can tell by your reaction if they're very good at it, um, you know where, where to go from there. It's really spooky what they could do. Yeah, and it's and we help. We 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 help them That's very right, easily without noticing. To, to be yes, we're so desperate. We're so right. of course we're so desperate. So uh, the and the human brain, uh, it's just the way that it's built. You know, there's something called patternicity. I write about this in the book a, a bit. It, it's very easy to be fooled uh, by a medium, uh, and, and we we help them along in that process. So yes, I agree. Uh, it's important to be to be careful about about who you who you go to. Okay, so so let's talk about. Um, the just briefly the um 
University of Virginia. Mm. Uh, every, uh, many people have heard of Ian Stevenson, and um, I frankly, uh, I'm certain that what the work he did was was real. And now Jim Tucker is you you met with him, right? And he is really a worthy successor, I think, to the great oh, Dr. Yeah. Stevenson. Yes, Doctor Tucker is a brilliant guy. Um, yeah, once I once I figured out that mediumship. Uh, what I was seeing appeared to me to be real. Uh, you know, I had done again a, a ton of filming by this point, and came to the conclusion that that this is real. Um, and so, if that is true, that some people are able to connect with information that's not in their brain, that is supposedly coming from my dead father, um, is there any other? Are there any other lines of evidence that suggest we survived the death of our body, that we're not just our body? And there's a ton, as you know, out there, like near death experiences. Yes end-of-life experiences, all of this stuff. But for people who are skeptical, for me, the thing that blew me completely away was uh, what they're doing, what Dr. Ian Stevenson started uh, over yes. 60 years ago now, 60 yes. years of studies at the University of Virginia into children who have spontaneous memories um, that are not from this life, that they claim are from their last life or a previous life. Yeah. Um, and as astounding as it sounds, uh, there are cases, thousands of them, that are yes, verified, meaning that, yeah, meaning that the kid, the child, and often these children are two and three years old. So we're talking real little children here who, who are not uh, concocting some huge scam you know these little children are coming up with enough details of a previous life sometimes this person you know lives hundreds of miles away and they lived 50 years ago there's no way that this two-year-old child could have been going down to the local library oh, oh, and, and right. looking up information you know and they'll give a name often uh, uh, a street that they lived on they'll say i had my mom's name was barbara we had a dog named Dewey, uh, you know, and, and we yes. lived we lived near a baseball field. They'll give all of these um, uh, uh, points, all of these uh, checkable, verifiable items, and uh, sometimes if they give enough, such as a last name, we're able to find the person they're talking about. And Dr. Ian Stevenson and now Dr. Jim Tucker would go to that place, knock on the door. Find out, sure enough, there was a dog named Dewey that had lived there. You know, they, it is by a baseball field. The mom's name was Barbara. Um, and um, again, there are now thousands, we, over 2,500 solved cases. Yeah. Uh, and it's just incredible data, incredible now, amounts of data. It's important to point out that this is not how reincarnation normally happens. Reincarnation normally happens after a completed death. We do our normal transition, and we plan our uh, our next lifetime. And we most most of us have probably had hundreds of lifetimes on Earth over a long period of time. But according to our friend again, um, wonderful friend Mikey Morgan, close to twenty five percent of people who die, especially if it's not at a planned exit point, if they're killed in an accident or with murder or some violent kind of death usually, they often don't immediately transition. And these cases seem to be cases where someone was killed in, mm -hmm. unexpectedly, not at an exit point, and didn't properly transition. And they hung around or they traveled around. And they eventually, I think it's a case actually of spirit possession. They find a pregnant woman, they possess the fetus. And then when they're born, 
that's who they are. I think that's what happens. I've studied this quite a bit, and I think that's what happens. But it's very, very real. And it's really amazing. Very real. Yeah. And there are a lot of cases where the child has what they call intermission memories, which is what you're talking about. And they'll say, yeah, I remember seeing my mommy, you know, walking on the right. beach. Mommy and daddy right. were on the beach and I thought they would be nice. And so that's how they chose that's their right. parents. That's yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. Fascinating. I think it's just anyway, but we have to talk about what he did when you finally got to a physical mediums sitting. Oh. Talk about that. That's the this is the this is the big climax, folks. Um, if you're driving, <laughs> stay on the road. All right, talk about it because I've never I've never quite heard a story quite like this. Talk about yeah. it. This is um, this is the thing that completely turned my my uh, worldview upside down. Um, phys- so mediumship we can divide into two categories: it's mental mediumship, which is the one that we're talking about that most people are familiar with. You know, it's John Edward and crossing over right. and the Long Island medium and the those popular mediums. That's mental mediumship where the person is staying conscious um, and they're, they claim to be receiving information that they're then translating to you. In physical mediumship, uh, which is a completely uh, different form, the, the person goes into a deep trance, supposedly, and so deep that they claim they remember nothing that happens while they are in that trance. It's as though they are falling asleep. And at that point, and we do know that they do go into deep trances, by the way. We, we that we can verify with science because we've used EEG, electroencephalograms, uh, hooked up to mediums' brains, including the medium that I sat with, a guy named Stuart Alexander. And we know that his brainwave pattern definitely shifts from a yes. waking brain state into something else. So we, we do know that there is definitely something changing in the brain. That we can say for sure. Uh, so once they're in that deep state of trance, the what they say, what physical mediums say, is that the spirit world is then able to use that medium's body and their physical apparatus to communicate, uh, sometimes using the medium's actual vocal cords and speaking through the medium's vocal cords, but in the spirit's own words, uh, or sometimes they are able to physically manifest in some way there in the room uh, and then speak out of their own uh, vocal cords that they've temporarily fashioned out of something called ectoplasm, uh, which was a word that I was sure came from the movie <laughs> Ghostbusters. Uh, you know, I'm right. sure that was fake, <laughs> but it's not. Uh, ectoplasm is actually a substance. Uh, the term was coined by a guy named Charles Roche, who won the Nobel Prize in physiology. So this is not some some yes. some uh, mad scientist. This guy won the Nobel Prize, and uh, apparently ectoplasm is a substance that some people have. Uh, and some people have it in abundance, apparently, and those would be the physical mediums. Uh, and when they go into this trance state, the spirit world is able to extract that substance. It comes out of people in like uh, – sometimes it looks like a fog or like a smoky mist. Uh, it, it can also appear as like silk. Uh, it, it takes sort of different forms. And I know that this sounds crazy, by the way. I mean I know <laughs> that this sounds true. nuts. It's crazy but true. Crazy but true. Um, and when I saw it happen with my own eyes, so so th- through you know again, I tell the whole story in the book, but I ended up getting the honor, having the life changing honor of sitting with a guy named Stuart Alexander yes. in a small town in England, um, and I saw ectoplasm. <laughs> I saw a substance 
that came out of this guy like a like a it's very difficult to describe the the fluid movement of this substance but it moves in a way that would be impossible to fake uh that's what i can say it 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 has this incredible otherworldly quality about the way that it moves and um it's turned from this uh amorphous blob uh into a fully formed human hand right in front of my eyes it then <laughs> oh, wow. uh, my friend shook the hand shook it so she could feel the bones in the hand she felt the warmth of the hand the silk the smooth skin of the hand then she let go of his hand and i was sitting uh i was kneeling down by the table where this was happening so this happened 5 inches from my face when oh, she my let God. go of that hand i watched it disappear roberta it dissolved <laughs> and then disappeared in front of my face and that was the moment where i thought okay it doesn't matter how many nobel prizes might be sitting on a scientist shelf if they tell you there's no such thing as anything paranormal oh, i yeah. now know that they are incorrect about that but that was only the prelude then what did your dad do well so another thing that they can do is use the ectoplasm to to again as i said materialize there in the room sometimes what happened in my case is the i was sitting near the medium and suddenly uh my dad my dad's face formed in in the air in front of the medium's face uh as though it were floating maybe a couple of inches in front of the medium's face uh my dad had a beard and i suddenly saw the beard form right in front of my face and then my dad talked to me out of this float out of his face floating in front of me uh he spoke and um yeah i mean it were was you sober we first have to ask that were you sober when this happened completely sober uh, i, I <laughs> well, no uh you know no magic uh uh mushrooms or hallucinogenic drugs of any kind i i've never been more sober in my life um even though in the moment i'm i'm i was saying what am i seeing i remember saying out loud what is happening right now i mean okay. it, it was completely um i mean it was a paradigm shifting event you know it, yes. it it really is quite a thing when something that stark happens that lets you know the world is not the way that you thought it was right and you are he spoke and he said sensible things he said he was sorry that he was found on the floor right and there's no way anybody in the room could have known that no he specifically mentioned that he was on the his office floor and that's where he what we found him on the floor of his home office uh and we had told no one that no one about where he was it was not in an obituary not published on facebook or online anywhere no one outside of me and my immediate family knew that my dad died on his office floor in his house yeah, uh, so wonderful? when he said that i mean truly i mean it like took my breath away you know i thought i was going to pass out of, i mean you can imagine how how shocking it would be to see uh your your dad's your dead dad's face suddenly talking to you uh from a a, a foot away so uh yeah completely completely changed my life my sense of of reality and uh and it and it lightened my life i mean i now know that's with, what it does you're right yes oh yeah yeah i mean i now have zero question about it i i i now uh have 100% uh, i'm 100% convinced that my dad truly is still alive he's still alive and to know that 
um, changes everything. It just changes everything. It does. I, I think it's difficult to describe to people what the difference is. There was a time I wasn't sure. That's why I kept doing research. There was a time you were sure it wasn't true. There's no way. I mean, you turned to dust, right? But you did the research. And when you do the research, you do find out. And there does come a point, everyone, where you realize there's no possible way this is not real. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a, an interesting experience now because, like, I feel like, you know, sometimes I'll be out, like, at the grocery store. You know, I'm buying my carrots. Uh, and I'll think, my gosh, no one else in this produce aisle right now knows that every Monday <laughs> in a little room in England, uh, yes. the veil between this world and another one completely breaks down and spirits, like, walk around the room. You know, I'm, like, buying my carrots and, and, and thinking <laughs> about that. So, uh it is kind of a – I feel like I'm living almost in two movies, like I'm in one movie and, yeah. uh, and everyone else is in another. Yes, yes. But the, the peace that it gives you mm. – I mean there is no such thing as an end to your life. You will always live. You will always be aware. You will always, always be. And knowing that, there's nothing that can bother you. Yeah, and I mean – when you're not, you know, I write in the book, I, I start writing about the, the show The Good Place, which is a popular television show that's about uh, these people who find themselves in the afterlife. And there's this great scene where one of the humans is trying to um, tell one of these uh, uh, immortal beings what it's like to be a human. And he's just not grasping it because he's immortal and he knows he's immortal. And yeah. she says to him, you know, we're, we're all aware of death. So we're all a little bit sad all the time. That's right. And that's yeah. And once you come to the conclusion that there is no such thing as death. <laughs> You're never and, sad again in your life. That not, is so true. Not in that way. Yeah. I mean, when you're not constantly worrying about the end of the trip, the trip itself becomes the thing that you can focus on, right? You can enjoy every moment now when you're not so worried about where it's headed. And you also start saying, what can I do now that will make my afterlife as wonderful as possible. I mean, there's my mother. She's doing traveling. I never would dream she was able to do. I think she's a, at least fourth level. And um, she was, she was a lot, I should just say, my mother was a lovely person. And, but I didn't, I think, judge her to be quite as advanced as she is. But she's having a heck of a time. So maybe the next step for people who really get it is, okay, how can I do the most in this life to make for the most fun in the next life? I mean, Mikey Morgan is sixth level. He can go anywhere and do anything. That's, <laughs> that's a lot of fun to have. Yeah. 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 No, that, that's true. Um, uh, I, I've done a lot of thinking again now, now that, uh, I am absolutely convinced that we have the choice to do this again, if we, if we want to, and probably have done this, as you said, hundreds, if not thousands of times, yes. uh, I'm already every once in a while, I think, Oh, you know what? Next time around, I'm going to do, I'm going to do this. You know, like I, I make these little mental <laughs> yes. notes about my uh, for the planning of my next phase like next time i've decided i'm going to come back i was watching american idol and i've decided next time i'm going to come back with a fantastic voice uh because i want to be a good singer <laughs> oh next. wouldn't that be nice i would yeah. love to be a singer too no one wants to hear me <laughs> sing they actually move away from me in churches and wherever <laughs> i have to be but in life we are in death i mean there your dad got up that day he didn't know that he was going to end up dying on his on that floor Knowing that, that in, in life we are in death, isn't it glorious to know that death is nothing but a bigger 
greater and more wonderful life. It's a mm-hmm. it's a better life. By the way, don't kill yourself because it is because then it screws it up. You you, you gotta go. <laughs> you gotta do the voyage, but just know oh, the yeah. destination is glorious. It's just glorious. Oh yeah, yeah. You quoted Steve Jobs' sister, and I just want to mention that she did a, an obituary for her brother. And she wrote about his last conscious moments in his bed as he slipped from his, this life surrounded by those he loved. And that, she says, after looking deliberately into each of their faces, saying goodbye one by one, and he's showing with his eyes how deep his love ran, she says he seemed to see something beyond them. He stared at an upper corner of the room. This happens, by the way, in upper corners of the rooms all the time. And as his, his eyes grew wide and he said his last words, he said, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. And that was big news at the time he died. But that's what happens at our deathbed. People come for us who have gone on ahead and they look young, they look beautiful, and it is an overwhelming thing. Once they appear, people often stop talking to the living. It's a beautiful, beautiful moment. When we glimpse the wider world. Yes, that's one of the things that gives me the most comfort. I did a lot of uh, research into those, what what they call ELEs or end-of-life experiences. Um, And if if you talk to almost any hospice nurse, almost any, chances are they're going to have a story that's going to bring you some comfort. Um, There's a Netflix series that I'm involved in called Surviving Death, and it's on Netflix now. And in one of our episodes, I think it's episode five, uh, we follow Dr. Christopher Kerr, who heads up the hospice uh, program in Buffalo. I believe it is. And he's just a fantastic guy. He was a strict materialist scientist. You know, he thought there's absolutely no such thing as anything after death Yes. Um, until he started to have these experiences with hospice patients. And it uh, obviously completely like me, it completely changed his life. Um, and, and it's just so comforting. Um, yeah. Death does not have to be as scary uh, as we think it is. We spend so much time worrying about death. Um, but as it turns out, um, it's often uh, for the person experiencing it uh, a very a beautiful uh, a, a experience. It's glorious. The, my my book about death is called The Fun of Dying. And uh, when people say, "How could you say it's fun?" Actually, the the word "fun" understates the joy of going mm-hmm. home with people you had thought you'd never see again. There's your dad will be there, young and just full of full of beans to come and take you home. It's a, and also pets, by the way. Um, it's the best time of your life. I'm so sorry we're coming toward the end of our time. Your your website is mikeanthony.com, right? No That's situation, correct. one word. And p- can people email you? Sure, yeah. I've been getting a lot of messages, especially uh, since the Netflix show aired, um, and I love getting people's stories. I've heard so many fascinating stories. So, yes, please do. So, and it's info at MikeAnthony.com, right? That's right. Okay, super, super. Okay. Oh, my dear friends, I, this has been wonderful. It, this is this can be you. You can have this certainty. Please understand that. That's one reason I'm so happy to have you on today, Mike, because I knew you would be able to help people see. It's not just Roberta. It's everybody. Everybody <laughs> who does the studying learns the certain truth that your own life is eternal, and so is the life of everyone you know and have ever have known. This is just a little afternoon of spend an extra time at school that's all this is we go home and we are full of joy thank you so much for being here mike this has been fun i've had such a great time really thank thank you very much for having me 
everyone. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes, and I'm so glad you were here. I hope you take something wonderful away from this. Next week, we'll be talking with Michelle Blood. She's tried to be with us twice in the past. Let's hope this third time it was going to work. We'll be talking about her book, The Magic of Affirmation Power. Michelle teaches something that I also talk a lot about, and it's a technique that can work beautifully for you, too. She teaches the power of affirmations. I have found that gratitude affirmations, and we'll talk about this next week, are the most powerful way to pray. And we'll talk about how Michelle uses a set of Hindu teachings to elevate human consciousness. So we're, we're going to have a broad range of things to talk about that will help you in your personal life to make the most of your relationship with the eternal, with the divine. Please join us next week. I think you're, actually, I think you're going to really enjoy this. I especially love affirmations. We had Dr. Hogan on to replace her a couple of, well, what, a month ago now, um, when she suddenly had a, a conflict, but uh, and he, I thought he did a beautiful job. But it's going to be fun to see what Michelle has to tell us. So please join us. And this week we've been talking with Mike Anthony. Mike went through this common experience. He lost a very beloved father unexpectedly. That's common. It often happens. But he didn't believe for a word for a minute that his father was still still aware, still alive anywhere, but he had to find out. And what I loved about his book is that, uh, you know, we see his pain, we see his hope, we see it dashed. We see him saying, well, I'm just not going to give up. I mean, this is this is a man who had to work hard to find his dad. And when he found his dad, it was worth all that effort. The book is it's called Love Dad, How My Father Died. And it told me he didn't. A skeptic's proof there is life after death. Um, I found it delightful, and I was really rooting toward the end for something spectacular to happen. And then when it did, I was cheering. So I love it when a book does that for me. Of course, my own nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and The Fun of Meeting Jesus is a children's book. It's a beautiful, actually beautiful book. I can say that. I didn't draw the illustrations. You can order all of my books through bookstores or on Amazon.com, and the adult books are also available as audiobooks. If you want to talk about any of my books or if you want to talk about what we talked about today or anything at all, if you have questions, you always can contact me through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. I answer every email. It just can take a few days because I get so many. Please make sure, though, that you give me your correct email address. If you don't hear from me, it bounced. I'm sorry about that, but so just try again. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available on webtalkradio.net, realrevolutionradio.com, and just about everywhere that you can get podcasts, you can find uh, Seek Reality at this point. There even is an, an a, a app, app in the iTunes store, and actually I've discovered it's everywhere, a Seek Reality app. So if you just have that free app, the, the, you'll get the episodes, or you should get them spontaneously. Meanwhile, we've come to the end of our time. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and make the most of this coming week in our one eternal reality, knowing that you are a powerful eternal being, and you in particular, most of all, in the entire universe and the greater reality, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. 
Knowing the truth changes everything. 